Welcome to From There to Here with your host, Miranda Dekonski. Together, we'll explore our personal journeys and how they have impacted where we are today. We hope that you'll walk away inspired, motivated, energized, and knowing that there is no right or wrong path. Each path is uniquely our own. And now your host, Miranda. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of From There to Here. I'm your host, Miranda Dekonski, and today I'm so excited and honored to be joined by someone that's very near and dear to my heart, uh, Anne Hildebrand. How are you today, Anne? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be here and just also excited to see all the amazing conversations you're having. Um, You're always doing cool stuff. And so it's cool to see the the next cool thing you're doing. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. And for those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe where you're from? Yeah. So um, I grew up in California. I um, went to school in California and then spent about six years doing the work, travel, repeat, thing, which was awesome and dabbled in a lot of different um, careers uh, along the way, most of them having to do with people. um, Because despite the fact that I'm a pretty serious introvert, I find humans fascinating. Um, And so it's no surprise that now I am in people operations. I work at an internet privacy company called DuckDuckGo. Um, But I really, uh, Miranda, it was you that really helped me kind of launch into that trajectory at Swiftly. So um, yeah, just really grateful for that. And uh, that's kind of where I've landed now. Yeah, you. Uh, we were quite the duo. So working together and I miss you every day. I'm so happy for you and the journey that you're on. Um, but it was probably one of the hardest uh, things I think I've done in my career. And, and that's talking 23, 24 year career here of seeing you leave and go somewhere else. Uh, even though I'm just so happy for you and, you know, the journey again that you're on. So. Yeah, it was it was tough for me too. I'm not gonna lie. I actually cried. You remember? <laughs> I do. I was that. You know, actually, when I got the offer, I told my mom, and she was like, "You sound disappointed." And I was like, "Because I was like, oh, they made an offer." I was like, "Yeah, but that means I have to leave." <laughs> so the feeling was mutual. Yeah, yeah. So you over the years, I I feel like I've learned quite a bit about you, and you're just a real fascinating human being to me. Um, From everything from doing through hiking to the adventures that you've been on. Um, Can you tell folks that don't know, I mean, you even had like this blog out there, the picture of your feet. I just remember seeing this. For those that don't know about you, talk about some of your adventures that you've been on. Yeah. So um, the the through hiking ones in particular, um, I've done a few long distance trails. Um, those are trails. Uh, the ones that I've done are the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, and the Tiaroa in New Zealand, as well as a stint on the Camino um, in in Spain, which is a pilgrimage track. Um, but yeah, these are trails that go border to border. So like Mexico to Canada or the entire length of New Zealand. And um, I kind of fell into that accidentally. Um, I went on my first backpacking trip while I was living in Patagonia, which is a whole other thing. Um, but after college, um, and so that's all Patagonia is a beautiful place to kind of get into backpacking, very easy to fall in love with it. Um, and then I was working in Korea, kind of saving up for my next adventure. And I thought my next big adventure was going to be a two week backpacking trip at the time. I thought, wow, that's, um, that's just unimaginable. It's two weeks. And at the time I thought I was going to carry all of my food also, which now I would never do because two weeks of food is extremely heavy. Um, 
But yeah, I was researching uh, and I found a trail in Colorado and it was part of the Continental Divide Trail. And everything I could read online was, it's so difficult. It's really, um, you know, really challenging. You need all these skills. And so I got intimidated and people had said, you know, if you want to do uh, maybe a trail that has more resources around it, try the Pacific Crest Trail. So I was like, okay, I'll do two weeks on the Pacific Crest Trail. But I wanted to start in April. So I had to keep bumping my start date farther and farther down toward Mexico just because of the seasons. And um, I never thought, I, I did not think I would finish. I just was like, well, I'll start. Maybe I'll do a couple of weeks. I'll, let's see how far I go. Um, I, I was born with like spinal abnormalities and stuff. So I was like, I didn't have to do PE in high school. I was not an athletic person at all. I felt very much like this imposter syndrome of like all these, all these like through hikers, they they don't realize I don't belong here, you know? Um, And then it wasn't until I got, so I started at the, you know, in Southern California at the border with Mexico. And uh, it wasn't until I got to Oregon, Crater Lake, that I thought, wait, I might actually like finish. (laughs) I might actually be a through hiker. Um, and it's funny because a couple of years later, I was kind of walking on the CDT, like spinning my trek and pull, singing in the middle of nowhere. And I had a moment. So the CDT is the Continental Divide Trail. So this trail that I had thought was so difficult, a few years later, I was on it and I was like, whoa, like I'm here just like chilling, having a great time. This is not hard. You know, it was kind of a moment of like, I, I did this, th- I'm doing this thing that seems so scary and it's, it's not scary at all. So, um, I love through hiking. It's, um, it's definitely made, made me who I am. And, um, I don't know a single through hiker who hasn't totally, that hasn't kind of become part of their identity somehow. Yeah. And you do this by yourself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I say, uh, it's actually much easier to do on your own. Cause I don't know that that's true for everybody. For me, like consistently trying to manage someone like, I was out there trying to reach my physical, mental, emotional limit. And if I was out there with someone else, if they reach their limit, like they need to stop, then we had to stop. And for that day, I don't know if I've reached my limit. Um, And so it really is, it's about that for me. Um, I love people, but, but through hiking is a way to learn about myself. Um, And still to this day, like going out in nature. Um, And now it's more about pushing my navigation skills or something else. It's, it's really about that, like self-challenge. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome and so fascinating. What's the most interesting thing you've ever encountered on a trail by yourself? Oof. Uh, I mean, I was kind of, I was surrounded or um, there was a mountain lion walking around my tent one night. So that was uh, an interesting encounter. Um, yeah, you know, I think really what it is, is the, the weirdest things have been um, when I would need to resupply for for food, I would hitchhike into town and then hitchhike back to where I stopped with with my resupply. And it's mostly the people <laughs> that you meet who randomly pull over to pick you up. Um, I don't know. Another weird thing, I came across a burning log in the middle of nowhere one time. I think it had been hit by lightning. It's oh gosh. Weird. That's fascinating. <laughs> you just like stumble yeah. upon this log that's burning and you look around and you're like, people, people? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, is someone on a campfire? And then there's just a burning log. And yeah, uh, I guess if, if you just spend a lot of time in nature, you see rare things because you've just logged the hours. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are some of the highlights. Yeah, no, it's, I, I go out um, pretty much every weekend and I hike by myself. Uh, you know, I, I broke my foot last year, so I lost that mobility, which really impacted my mental health quite a bit. 
Um, not only dealing with everything that we're dealing with just in the world <laughs> and work, I then lost my mobility for probably a good solid seven, eight months. But I am now back out there every weekend doing two, three, four, five miles plus miles. Actually, I think last weekend I did a five and a half mile. Um, and I go out by myself for the same reason. Like I want to go at my pace. I want to be alone with my thoughts. I want to be able to not worry about you know, how someone else is feeling. Not that I don't enjoy doing hikes with my friends as well, because I do, but I like to do that. It's like my form of meditation. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to walk, I walk. If I want to eat, I eat. If I want to sleep, I sleep. (laughs) It is that simple. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you're now in HR and Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that I see so many correlations between your personality of a through, a through hiker of I'm just going to dive in and, and see what it's about and see what I can learn to how I saw you blossom into this like amazing human resource professional or people professional. Um, can you tell me, is there anything that you think has mapped you through your life to get you to this point to where you are today? Yeah, I think um, it's really I have a curiosity about people. Um, and that is, so you even, you know, doing through hiking alone, that's really trying to understand, to deconstruct myself better so that I can understand other people better and support them better. Um, I'm also really into the Pasana meditation. And so I also kind of go hard on that too, with like 10 day retreats. Um, it's also a type of meditation that's like uh, not very fluffy, shall we say? It's like I remember you would go for like what a week and not talk to anyone or something. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, ten days, um, and you're just there with your thoughts, and that's it. Um, and um, you know, so when you talk about mapping, it's like things like that. That like even though you think, oh well, you're going and you're not talking to anyone. I'm really trying to understand. You know, when I am alone, I'm trying to understand the parts of my own mind, and really that helps me empathize with other people. Um, you know, so Vipassana meditation, the, the, the goal or one of the goals, I mean, I'm not a teacher, so don't take this as anyone's doctrine, but my own, um, but really is, uh, generating compassion for others. And so the more that you really can find that centeredness in yourself and decrease that reactivity, you can, uh, have compassion for others. And that's the same with, you know, that time that I did the, that six years of kind of work travel repeat was really immersing myself in other cultures, learning other languages, um, you know, when I was in Korea, I uh, really just like dove into language learning. Um, and I had other people say, why are you ever going to use Korean again? And I was just, yeah, I don't care. I'm here. I really want to. That's There's so many people, you know, I would go to the market to buy kimchi and just try to talk to the women who were selling kimchi because most people would want to speak to me in English if they could, because they want to practice. And I'm like, no, 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 but I want to practice. And my Korean is so much worse than your English. So I understand why that's a big ass. Um, but that's still, you know, trying to connect with, with people. And, and that's what people ops is. You know, I think that supporting people is good business. You know, I understand that, you know, our role really is a business role. And the, the good news is that businesses are made up of people. And when you support people and they thrive, it makes your business do better. Um, so I really do believe that. And so I get to have the pleasure of sort of bridging that gap because I do, I am also quite anal- analytical. So, um, I'm able, that's kind of, maybe that's my superpowers, like put those two things together and translate between, um, you know, my, my side that is all meditation and nonviolent communication. And then, you know, 
uh, analysis, compliance, and and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. When you were younger, what did you want to do? I wanted to be a cognitive linguist. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So the language thing, um, and I guess the like analysis thing. Um, I started. I wanted to be a um, first, like an editor, when I was really young, because that was all I really understood about language. Was oh, I could kind of manipulate text. Um, but as I got a little older, I wanted to be a linguist. And then um, after I graduated from undergrad, I applied to, I also at the time I was so just like book smart. And I, in retrospect, I think everyone should take a gap year, but I was like, oh, I'm going to apply to only the top five schools. And if I can't get into one of the top five, then like, whatever, I'm not going. And uh, I didn't get in. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess I guess I'm not going then. (laughs) So uh, that's, um, I did a year of AmeriCorps, which ended up uh, being a really wonderful experience. But um, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. And being rejected from those schools was ultimately one of the best things that's ever happened to me. That's so funny. Uh, You're not the only one that has said that to me. Um, We have a lot of uh, folks, I think, in my immediate community that where I put into the bucket of consistently being overachievers. And, you know, being very goal oriented and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, they've also said the same thing, that it was probably the best blessing they've ever had, not getting into a certain school or not choosing a certain path. Yeah, you know, it's amazing because um, we really can focus on one thing, but then, and often the way I look at it now is like what we think, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And it's like, oh no, the worst thing is I didn't get in. But then it's like, we never think what's the best thing that could happen. Yeah. The best thing that could happen is actually you end up, there's the possibility space is huge. You're just not looking at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Yeah, I would just be enjoy it. Um, I'd give that to my current self. I'd give that to every self <laughs> because uh, that goal orientation really is living in the future. Um, and then the future comes and then it goes. And then, you know, we're, we don't all have infinite futures. Yeah. And so, um, I still fail at enjoying it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. One of the my goals with this podcast too is to normalize talking about the mistakes that we've made along the way. I personally feel like some of my biggest learning moments in my life have come from the mistakes I've made. Um, so when I kind of spin that up, do you have anything that comes to mind for you? Yeah, you know, I, for, for me, it really, the one thing, you know, going back to sort of, we don't have infinite futures. We also don't have infinite bodies. Like we have one body. Um, and it makes me think of that song, wear sunscreen. I don't know if you remember it from like the nineties or something. I wasn't even born yet. Okay. Yeah, totally. What, what am I thinking? <laughs> so old. <laughs> um, but it's like, this guy gives a graduation speech and it's like his one recommendation is just wear sunscreen. Um, mine is that, yeah, I, uh, I did. So once I finished through hiking and I kind of got more regular day jobs, I tried to feed that need by ultra marathons. Um, and like I said, I'm not an athlete, so I never really thought about training. I just did stuff. And that ultimately was not a healthy way to run ultras to just like I overtrained. Um, and that in conjunction with my weird spine stuff, um, I ended up really messing up um, my low back. Like I had a pretty severe herniated disc couldn't walk for four months. Um, the doctors were like, backs are weird. Maybe you won't really be able to walk again. Um, and so, and I still, so now I have chronic nerve. I, I can walk and it's wonderful. I can hike, um, all of that, but yeah, I have chronic nerve pain now. It, it's also weird. Cause I feel like I've learned a lot from that. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's such a fascinating. <laughs> I just started uh, laughing because I remember when I broke my foot and I got my x-rays and I had a met with my doctor, I sent it to you because I knew you would know how to read it after everything you had been through. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like it's, and that's the thing you also, with the medical system, you do have to be your own advocate. Um, and yeah. that's, yeah, but that's like, you know, so I, that, I still, I mean, who knows, talk to me in 20 years and maybe I won't say I'll learn something from it. I'll be mad. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you only have one body, like don't mess it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, so true. So true. What do you, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? Let's think, you know, a hundred years from now and your, you know, great grandchildren or your family is reminiscing on all the things that you did. What do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, I guess I don't even think a hundred years. I I guess I think pretty small. Like the farthest I think of is probably just my funeral. Like I want people to show up and be like, she was, it was great having her in my life. Like that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, even the people with big, you know, legacies, that's in quotes, um, they just become historical cartoons. You know, they're just, they're not, it's not really them. It's just this like cultural image of them. Um, so yeah, but if a hundred, if in a hundred years people are also like, she was great, uh, she was nice, like she made the world a little bit better. Uh, that's that's probably it. That's a win. That's a win, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's and so you know, I. I met with another, um, I, one of the other podcast episodes, uh, my favorite thing was kindness is free. Uh, it was just it was so true. Like, just, just be kind. Like there's so many jerks in the world. Don't be one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? that, that can be hard sometimes though, right? I know. Brains and brains have emotions and they're reactive and kindness <laughs> is not the usually the default. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Let's have a little fun. What is your biggest pet peeve? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. <laughs> I can't stand Bob Dylan. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sure he's a wonderful songwriter. Um, oh. His voice is horrible. And whenever I'm sitting somewhere and I'm like, why do I just feel uncomfortable and angry? And I'm like, oh, there's a Bob Dylan song playing in the background. That's why. His voice is, I'm not, I am with you. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> you just be a songwriter, not a singer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I know it's probably going to piss a lot of people off, but plus yeah, one. I'm sorry. <laughs> plus one to that. Uh, okay. So the last question I want to ask you today is if you could have dinner with any two people dead or alive, who would they be and why? Yeah. So I have to say the Buddha because I have a lot of questions um, about what was part of the original teaching. Um, And then I would put the Buddha with Socrates just to see how those two sort of uh, interact. Yeah. That would be an interesting dinner. That would be a dinner I'd want to go to. Yeah, I would, I would, I would like to hope I could take notes during this dinner. <laughs> You're like, can we record this? We're in a two-party consent state. Do you both right. consent? <laughs> so. you, you don't even know what this doesn't exist. You all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate you, our friendship, and you taking the time to meet with us and share with us your story. You have such a fascinating story. So I'm sure a lot of folks are going to find value in it. Thanks for having me, Miranda. Um, everything you do is awesome. And I love uh, following along and I've appreciated so much that you've done for me um, in my career and just as a friend. So yeah. Thank, thank you. you, Anne. Thanks for listening today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of From There to Here. 
Check back weekly for new episodes. For more conversations about this episode and more, please feel free to follow Miranda on LinkedIn. See you soon.